Welcome back to System Ministrivia, the podcast where we go to hacker cons and then don't release audio of that until much, much later. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Peyton. We did go to Hope. We did. All, th- all three of we us. Did. What the fuck is Hope? We. Hackers on planet Earth, Jason. Oh, that. You were. Th- yeah, you were there, Jason. We made friends. We did. We, we, we made a couple friends. We met up with with friends we already had made. We we made a couple new friends. Special shout out to Beaches. I just lost the game. Oh, <sighs> you guys! It's not my fault. That, that, listen, I, I was, it was it entirely Beaches' okay, fault. For the, for, you said friend, and when I hear the word friend, uh-huh. immediately yeah. Beaches is such a like fun loving guy, and he's so uh-huh. cool. Uh-huh. That's not exaggeration for anybody who's listening. Like it's it's true. So, it's, it's so not. when when somebody says friend, it's just like beaches pops in my head immediately every time. But as soon as that happens, I'm like, what does beaches do? He loses the game for me, and sometimes <laughs> I lose for him, like right now. And that's that's, that's all just, he does. No, well, no, I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's the entirety of beaches. Uh, beaches influence in your life. I don't check in on him on like a daily basis, such that I know exactly what else he does. There's probably some days where like. That's a majority of what he's doing. I don't know. So I just have to say, the uh, last episode when we interviewed Jason Scott, and I said, uh, "Beaches, I just lost the game." Uh, I thought I was great. I was laughing because I just knew that he would be listening to it right around the same time and saying, "Darn it, all the heck." Well, I don't. I I'm not aware that he listens to us regularly. He, he says much, doesn't he? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he listens to us all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he might be like our biggest fan, actually. I don't know. I, th- I think Tech <laughs> Stewart is our, our biggest, biggest fan. fan? Um, but he stopped for a while when you guys were being mean. Uh, yeah, that's true. He he kind of he he kind of checks in and out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about wolves though, and he's all in, man. You know, I don't think we've ever talked about wolves except on the shit show. We have not. Yeah, it's this long time. Okay. Anyways, anyways. <laughs> we're we're getting off topic. We're good at that as though. usual. Uh, so we were we were at Hope, and that was last month, about a month and a half ago, I want to say. Wait, Hope. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Um, so we we went on Radio Statler again, as as we did the the hope before that. And thank you for um, having us. Yeah, and thank you for having us, guys. For sure, that was that was wonderful. A blast. So we we went on Radio Statler, and we we did our own little segment on um, what 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 did we call it? Hack ops. Hack ops. Yeah. Hack ops. It's something we made up. It's something we made up, but it's something everyone does. I'll I can see a job way. posting now. Need ten years hack ops hack ops experience. I don't think I don't think that's something you want to be asking for. Right? <laughs> it's it's kind of a necessary necessary evil kind of a thing. Any, anyway, uh, but, yeah. But we'll talk more about that in the uh, in the recording we roll very shortly. However, to lead us into that, number one, what are you guys drinking? Oh, okay. go ahead, Jason. You go first. Then well, I will you pause. see here, what happened is. Uh, I filled her bottle with lots of meats and cheeses. Um, (laughs) I'm drinking a special release of Booker's Bourbon. It is the Blue Nights batch from February 2017. It is a casual 63.7%. Is that all? That's all. (laughs) Jesus. Casual. In any case, uh, it's it's very good. It's way too smooth to be that high of an alcohol percent. Fun story about this bottle. Uh, my brother bought it for me for Christmas. We we exchanged bourbon for Christmas this year. That's great. Well, I, I go home to Pennsylvania for Christmas every year, so I got this bottle of bourbon, and then I brought it back. I checked it in my bag, and I came back to Colorado. And when I opened the cap for the first time in Colorado, because of the pressure difference in the air, it just, like, sprayed me in the eyes, and it was <laughs> fucking terrible. 
<laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> okay. Okay. I I am drinking water and acai juice because I have been getting my ass kicked by allergies, so I'm I'm trying to keep it a little bit healthy right now. Uh, well, I'm drinking a diet uh, soda, bitch. and I told my allergies to go to hell, and they haven't bothered me at all, so it's great. Which diet soda is this? Diet uh, Dr. Pepper. It's terrible for you. I need that for for the archival reasons, so we can note it down. Why? Why? Oh, are you becoming an archivist? We always note it down. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we always write it down. I know. So I, know. I, I, just... I feel really. I hate. I hate writing down gener- something generic like "was drinking beer." Send. You know. Anyway. Well, I, I do have to. I do have to say though that having him on yeah. definitely made me want to like. You know, write more things down. You know, like who? Jason Scott. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely wanted to. Be, I definitely want to be like. Should I keep this? Uh, this 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 video of my? Yes, I should. <laughs> you know. Yeah the the trick to being a good archivist is being a hoarder and doing it efficiently. Yes. <laughs> so. yes, yes. <laughs> and with uh, cheap hard drives that you buy at Costco. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, that works well, too. only that one time though. If the need arose, I'm sure they could do it again. <laughs> sure, sure. They were they were customer of the uh, of the month. Yeah, I remember him saying that. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that that all being said, uh, Peyton, would you like to take us into the news? Absolutely. That's what I live Wonderful. for. All right. So unless you've been living under a rock, or you just don't care about California, that's me. Same. Verizon. I don't know if you're aware of this. Verizon uh, throttled the internet access of a uh, LTE-capable device during a wildfire, the uh, Santa Clara wildfire. I I forget the exact name that they were calling it. Um, But uh, they decided that since the device had reached the cap of 25 gigs, that they were going to go ahead and throttle that device. This has now led to an investigation of deceptive practices by the FTC. This is also saying that... um, Technically, this could go unpunished because the FCC repealed the open internet order. And so uh, what's going on is that currently our our congressmen and senators are saying, hey, this isn't right. This shouldn't happen. And other people are saying, well, that's great and all, but we actually uh, just repealed that. So we don't need to care about that anymore. So on one hand, there is uh, a lawsuit uh, being filed for to deal with this. There is also um, uh, an investigation being posed. The problem is, the big problem is with this, is that during the fire, which is still gone going, I believe, they called up to say, hey, we need to have it unthrottled. And the rep that they talked to said, well, we could put you on a better plan, but it'll be more money. The other part of this is that they were throttled to one two hundredths of their normal speed. Wow. One two hundredths. Less than a 900 baud modem, 12 or 900 baud modem. Jeez. Uh, so this is, we're talking about, you know, emergency communications between... You know, firefighters trying to deal with this major fire that's gonna mm-hmm. gonna burn part of or most of California, and they can't communicate because you know Verizon's there are a bunch of dickbags. Just like all legislation and business plans, a surprising lack of foresight. Right, exactly. The next, oh my god, this is terrible news we have is that the Andromeda botnet operator was released with a slap on the wrist. Uh, his name is Sergey Yeritz. He's also known as Ares A R three S. He was arrested last year for running an instance of the Andromeda botnet. He was released by Belarusian authorities with nothing more than a slap on the wrist. Literally, he was fined um, 
11,000 rubles, a Belarusian rubles, which is around $5,400. All he had to do was pay his the money back, the profits he made from the, the botnet, and he was fine. They let him go. Uh, they also fined him 2,940 rubles, which is about $1,425, but they credit that fine for the six months he spent in prison. Now, here's the kicker. The reason why they let up, they uh, said he didn't do anything wrong is because none of his victims were Belarusian. Hmm. So he ran one of the biggest botnets. You said he literally got a slap on the wrist. When did that happen? I may have been, um, you know, being a little loose with my language there. Okay. Okay. So the exact opposite of literal. Literal. Figur- figuratively slap on the wrist. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. So <laughs> the Belarusian police arrested him last year as part of a joint FBI and Europol investigation that shut down one of the largest botnets. Uh, Microsoft ESET, the Shadow Server Foundation, ICANN, and other organizations helped sinkhole, that's their term, Yaritz's botnet. Uh, it's uh, Andromeda, obviously, is the name used to describe a botnet of computer, computers infected with the, with the eponymous malware. It's used to infect users and later download other malware, offering install space for other crooks. So he went back to his old job, and uh, he's that's the technical director at the OJSC Televid Radio and TV Station. Uh, so a bit of news that's near and dear to my heart now is the there's a judge who has extended the ban on 3D-printed guns. Now, he's a judge in Seattle. He upheld the ban on publishing instructions to 3D-print guns amid ongoing litigation challenging this. Basically, what he said was that um, Defense Distributed and Cody Wilson, who's the founder of Defense Distributed, cannot upload their directions to the Internet. Uh, Wilson is saying that this is a First Amendment right to be able to publish this. And uh, the judge, Robert Lasnick, wrote that the burdens on Wilson's First Amendment rights are dwarfed by the irreparable harms the states are likely to suffer if the existing restrictions are withdrawn and that overall the public interest strongly supports maintaining the status quo, which is just crap. Yes. You've always been able to make your own firearms, though. Correct. I mean, that's... That's Correct. nothing new. The difference is now you're able, your people are actually sharing the designs. Yeah, I honestly don't know how I feel about this because it seems like a freedom no, of speech issue to me. In one case, in one case, you are, you have always been able to make your own firearms. Period. Full stop. I mean, that's how that's all Samuel Colt became so famous. He, he invented and created and patented a firearm, and then he also made it so that you could, uh, you know, mass uh, produce it. Yeah, I mean, you need to be you know, licensed to distribute and, and manufacture for mass consumption, but for your own use, right. for your own use, Correct. you've always been able to do it. Correct. Um, I mean, you know, it still needs to, it's still restricted by like NFA and stuff like no. that. But no, 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 no. If you make, if you make, if you make your own firearm and it doesn't have a serial number, you are not restricted per the rules of the law. I'm almost positive that's incorrect, but I would need an attorney to get on here because Absolutely. neither Peyton and I are one. Correct. But I'm I'm fairly certain that's not true. Um, I'm I'm fairly certain whether you make it or whether you buy it, it's still yeah. You know, we'll we'll put it in the errata. But here nor there, you know, you you've always been able to make. There is nothing new about 3D printing guns. The big issue here is the actual data about the design of those guns. Uh, which I still don't really see much of an issue with. The, the the difference is now you're talking about kind of open sourcing that data instead of just harboring it in the patent office, you know? And and for the most part, patents, you know, they they go through a process and they are eventually open to themselves, but you still need to pay royalties if you use that, so on and so forth. But point being, like, there's nothing really new about this. People are just freaking out because they didn't know that you could do this before. Well, the 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 big thing, and I'm, and I'm sorry, the big thing is that people are trying to say that that you can go and you can produce these 
a machine gun or an AR-15, <laughs> you can you can produce a very simple firearm. It's very yeah. very simple. Yeah. It's it's not going to be capable of hundreds or thousands of rounds. It's literally going to be capable of one or two shots. And at that point, depending on the ammunition you use, it's probably going to blow apart. I mean, this is not something that's going to be causing mass shootings. So uh, that's that's just a really bold statement to just flat out say. I would I would probably use a steel chamber and then everything else 3D print. But e- either way, my point is like. What is what is the real concern here? Is it is it mass production? Is it ease of use? Because I'll tell you one thing: three D printing isn't going to make either of those things a feasible thing. I think I it's just that you can you don't need a background check or any kind of mental health check to buy a three D printer. But you don't need a mental check or a background check to go and make your own, and you don't need a three D printer to make your own firearm either. I guess. You know? Yeah. I mean, I zip know. guns have been made since, uh, zip guns, you know, before I can even recall a firearm being made, uh, you know, really it, just get a, a steel tube and a pin and that's a firearm. Right. You exactly. Know? Right. Exactly. Some way of firing the pen and you've got a firearm and it doesn't, you know, any, any engineer that's worth their salt can do this and you don't need to have a degree or any kind of BS in there. So I, I feel like, you know, this idea that, 3D printing a gun is, is bad and terrible, when in reality it's, you know, something cool you can do. And it's not really going to, you know, I don't foresee, I should say, in my opinion, this causing problems to the extent of, you know, ban all the things. Yeah. I mean, I mean Jason, like, uh, the probability of this assisting a mass shooting is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I understand your concern. No, and, but, and to be fair, I don't know where I fall on it. I'm kind of just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. And, and no, I wouldn't I, go as far personally as to say on live television or wherever the fuck we are <laughs> that, uh, like, oh, this can't be used for XYZ because, like, you just don't know what the fuck someone's going to dream up. So I can tell you what's feasible and what would be much easier. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what's not easy is, is trying to use, you know, use a 3D printer to create a firearm that's going to sustain a mass shooting. I, I it's mean, not easy, I, period. I, I, in in reality, a criminal is going to go to the street corner and, and buy whatever they want to buy, and he's going to use it in five minutes versus, you know, going and sourcing a 3D Buying printer. Buying a 3D and, gun. Right, yeah, a 3D exactly. printer. I mean, it's just, just to... Realistically, this is hurting lo- legal law-abiding citizens, not criminals, is what this is doing. Yeah. And that's the problem yeah. that I have. I wish I wish we had, like, a, a system administrivia administrivia. So we had like a, a like a, a podcast where you can just carry over non relevant topics because <laughs> I, I would I would love to have an entire episode devoted oh, to talking great. about this, me? but yeah, but that's that's a, a whole variously uh, the world's not complex ready. discussion. Yeah. The world's not ready. No. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very complex discussion, and um, not a whole lot of factual information is being found in the mass media about it, unfortunately. So make sure you do your research if you want to talk to us more about that off channel. You know, like directly or in our IRC channel, we have plenty of people who are very knowledgeable about firearms in there. So feel free to join. We also and uh, talk to us about it there. Yes. No. Continue. What were you going to say, Jethan? Please move on. Okay, I'm moving on. (laughs) Peyton, what next news item do you have? I believe we're still in the news. We are still in this. So we have a CVE for struts. It's CVE 2018-11776. Basically, what this is... What What was the big compromise uh, where 
some company got comped and it was because they didn't update struts and they were trying to blame struts. Equifax. <laughs> was it? Was that Equifax? Know, it might have been. I don't know if it was. It was a big one. It was a baddie we did three, four episodes ago, you No, it was... Struts was like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a while back. Keep keep talking, I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, so Apache Struts versions 2.3 to 2.3.34 and 2.5 to 2.516 suffer from possible, possible remote code execution when using results with no namespace and then same time. So the upper actions will have no or wildcard namespace. Same possibility when using URL tag, which doesn't have value, and action set, and then same time. Its upper actions have no or wildcard namespace. I'm sorry, that's very confusing to read, but uh, that's the, that's it. So it's currently awaiting analysis. It is considered a vulnerability, obviously, so um, make sure that you are uh, not necessarily up to date, but are monitoring this, because I don't see that there's a patch available for it at this time. I have confirmed it is, in fact, Equifax that Boom, blamed Apache Struts. Somebody give that motherfucker a prize. He, you are all the, you are, you deserve all the prizes, Jathan. Damn you straight I on do. A I, I should say, wake up every day and somebody should give me shit. Cause I'm, I'm not going to give you any good. prize. I'm going to shit on your chest instead. Well, <laughs> in some countries, that's a prize. That's, <laughs> I don't think that's a prize in so, any country. the next thing we have, I don't know if any of you guys have played Fortnite. I've done about exactly three minutes of it. I can't stand it. It's annoying. <laughs> nope. Um, there is a Fortnite installer for Android. Uh, mm-hmm. The Fortnite APK download is downloaded by the Fortnite installer, and it goes to external storage. Uh, and then any app with right external storage permission can substitute the APK immediately after the download is completed, and the fingerprint is verified. This is easily done using a file observer. The Fortnite installer will then proceed to install the substituted slash fake APK. So what happens is, is like on Samsung devices, the Fortnite installer performs the APK install silently via private Galaxy Apps API. The API checks that the ABK being installed has the package name com.epicgames.fortnite. I think you can see here where this is going. Consequently, the fake APK with a matching package name could then be silently installed. If the fake APK has a target SDK version of 22 or lower, it will be granted all permissions and requests at install time. So this vulnerability allows an app on the device to hijack the Fortnite installer to instead install a fake APK with any permissions that would normally require user disclosure. Can you see where this is a problem? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is not good. So don't install Fortnite. <laughs> At least on Android. Just don't install it. It's currently <laughs> being tracked in Google, obviously. Uh, it's a Priority P1 Sev 2. Uh, there is an Epic Games guy assigned to it. There's a nice little, long little listing here, uh, but it's been out since uh, August of uh, 15. If you downloaded Fortnite around that time, Uninstall it, recheck it. So the next thing we have is how a gentleman hacked, or a lady, I should say, hacked Black Hat 2018. Obviously, this is one of the world's largest cybersecurity events. It's in Las Vegas. Our good friend over at Malware Reports was arrested there last year. <clears throat> I guess not really our good friend, but, uh, you know. Malware blog? Malware blog, yeah, that guy. He was getting frustrated with the badge and lanyard making noise around his neck, so he took it off and set it down on the table next to him. He then set his phone on top of it and saw an application to read the NFC tag. Out of curiosity, he downloaded the tag reader app, looked at the data stored on the tag, and made a few observations. The email address was not on the tag. His real first and last name were in the tag and in plain text, and there were a couple of numbers preceding the name delimited, delimited by a non-printable character. And there's a bunch of non-unreadable data after his name, or her name. It's possibly encrypted or binary data. And then there's a second record, which contains a URL, and instructs the user to download the B-Card app. So he has an example of the tag uh, in here, and uh, it's 
I mean, I guess it's just NFC he's using to pull this all down. Uh, but then he emailed security at the email address, received a bounce reply. He sent a message to the CEO on LinkedIn. He then sent a message to the sysadmin on LinkedIn, received a response from the IT director that night. So this is from August 9th, August 12th. He finally got a response. They exchanged some emails with details about the issue, and they were going to discuss that on Monday. And then August 13th, the API had been disabled as it was a legacy system. After retesting the API, he was was unable to pull any Black Hat attendee records. So he was able to use this information from his badge to find out how to pull any registered user's information. So that's terrible. Uh, Hmm. You would think that Black Hat would have a better security process uh, for their users, attendees. Yeah, you'd you'd think. And our last, oh my God, this is a terrible bit of news, but one we already kind of really knew, is that Google has confirmed it tracks users even when the location history setting is disabled. So they updated their Help Center documentation Thursday to clarify that its data collection, location data collection, collection policies and changes made in light of recent revelations that the firm's apps and website continue to harvest user information even when a global local history setting is disabled. What they're saying now is that you have to go into web and app activity in addition... So you have to disable web and app activity in addition to location history. Once you do that, then it will stop tracking you. But I don't believe that. And that's Payton with the news. Welcome back, everyone, to Radio Statler. Thank you for enjoying our, our chatter. Uh, I'm here with uh, the kids of the Sysadministrivia podcast. Nice I like word. to pronounce every single letter because you put all that effort into uh, putting those letters in there. Uh, I'll be the host this hour. I'm Johnny Christmas, and I'm here with... Brent. I'll get up on that, Brent. Get up right up on it? Yeah. Okay. yeah that's yeah. better. I feel, I feel like I did this last year, too. Yeah. Brent. Anyway, so I'm Brent. Hi, Brent. I'm Jonathan. Jonathan. And I'm Peyton. Peyton, how are you guys doing today? Doing uh, pretty well. A little tuckered out. Yeah. You know. Well, you were out later than I was. Hope is and a little I was wild out and crazy. Than else. Place. <laughs> yeah. So what? What is this and, and, uh, that we're drinking here? This is. Uh, so I'm only the host for the uh, the the drinking section of this podcast, and then I'll <laughs> go ahead and let you guys take over. Okay. Because well, it's actually your podcast, your so. show. <laughs> I, I'm actually a guest on your show, and out of habit, just said I'm the host. Right. <laughs> And uh, I'm just giving you the minimum necessary to understand what's going on in here. Um, So what we're drinking here is a a Chicago-only liqueur. It's only available in Chicago. It's called Malort. It's uh, it's from a company called Jepson's. Carl Jepson makes it, assumedly, in his truck's gas tank. Don't do it! Definitely not. Too late. (laughs) for, For those playing along at home, those screams are coming from outside the booth. (laughs) And at that uh, point. <laughs> uh, it, it's got. I mean, what do you go? Let's go around. What do you guys think of this? The the nose. So, um, it's a lot like. It smells like gasoline. It, it has a distinct. It, it, it does. Yeah, like a petroleum. Really, like I yeah, definitely smell yeah. a petrol. And then uh, go ahead and just drink it all in one gulp. So, I actually beat to the punch. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's got a <laughs> the visible whip. That's oh got God. a little bit of that's what got a little hell? bit of a little bit of a oh. kick to it there. It's uh, oh. now when I don't it know what that tastes like. At when all. it that's first not good. hit my tongue, yeah, I was all right. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, this is fantastic. It's almost floral, right? Right. Yeah. And right. then it hits the back of your throat, and then you're like, oh my fucking like that's I'm, what I'm she done. said. What is and it? then and then about thirty seconds in, it like it creeps. Yeah. Why is the aftertaste so terrible? Yeah. Like it keeps getting worse. I feel like I'm chewing on plastic. 
<laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. Uh, I've heard. Um, uh, I've heard that it's why they started the Chicago Fire. <laughs> That's one of my personal favorites. I would too. Uh, this is what makes people vote for Trump. Was <laughs> you know what? Good one. It puts hair on your chest. And I wherever mean, else. Yeah. yeah. See if this helps you. Get that taste out of your mouth. Okay. All right. Oh, this is amazing. I'm good here. I'm yeah. not a... You're good? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is a zero-carb pancake that I made. Oh, what, what is it made out of then? Um, mostly eggs Same. and cream cheese. Mm. Not carbs, obviously. Yeah, it's not mostly carbs. plastic. <laughs> it's just this. It Dude. does get the taste out of your mouth. Boil yeah. it down. I'll grant that. It's good. Yeah. So, this is the show. We're going to eat on air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so chew. We, just so chew we got about an hour of this left. Yeah. <laughs> just, just no, I got that. a bunch of pancakes. We can do it. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch of Malort. <laughs> so that there was the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I, whenever I go to cons, I try to bring a couple bottles to expose different for cultures. For the, yeah. For the people you so hate. you're trying to spread the hate, so to speak? Well, it's, yeah. You know how, like, back in the day, like, British imperialists would go into Africa and... <laughs> Or America and just murder the natives. Right. Yeah. That's what I like to do. Here's some with blankets cons. with you know yeah. measles on them or whatever. Right. So my <laughs> version of blankets with measles is malort, and I like to go to the cons and expose new cultures to terror. I mean, and fear. It's, you're not wrong because it <laughs> really it yeah. starts out like you're like oh this is great and then by the time they're walking away mm-hmm. you're like I. This is terrible. It's I, I the blankets with the measles. They think the, the blankets are great. Blanket. They're like, oh, exactly. yeah. Is and then, like, a day later, yeah. I mean, I why do I have a cold? Like, <laughs> beat him up, you know? Like, oh, man, what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> you had a violent response. I just want to yeah. kick your ass. <laughs> so if you go to Chicago, I've admittedly not spent time there. Can you get, like, cocktails with it? Yeah. What do they make with it? Um, it's... I'm not a... A bartender, and I couldn't tell you offhand. <laughs> um, it's it's a similar liqueur to like chartreuse, mm-hmm. so it's like chartreuse with less flavors, but it's still that intense bitterness. So it works good with citruses. If you're going to mix it with, cit- I like to throw a shot of it into a grapefruit Rattler. Hmm. That's pretty good. Gives it a little extra bitterness, kind of balances that sweet out, makes it its own thing. Okay. Uh, it's like uh, you ever 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 have like uh, a digestive like uh, no. Tums or no, like a uh, uh, man Underberg that oh. comes in the little bottles. Uh, no, yeah. an um, after dinner digestive liqueur. No, I, I don't. I think can I honestly say I've not. But okay. I do understand what you're talking about. It's that it's that small bottle that's yeah. supposed to help you just like clean your track. Yeah, down. you'll see in the German bars a lot. Yeah, mm. yeah. it's it's that also has a bitter base like this. The the bitterness comes from wormwood, which oh, tastes like go. it sounds. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's also the base. This is the base of absinthe. Oh, okay. Absinthe is I've heavily had, wormwood. I've had lots then, of absinthe. Yeah. Okay, the, like, this is the little. This is the bitterness that's inside yeah. the absinthe. Interesting. But it's just wormwood. So. Terrible. I think it tastes like. Um, you know, how, like you ever have red. So, I thought wormwood uh, distilling was was still illegal in the U.S. Uh. I know the, that you can use NEs, and it's, that's legal. No, it's up to but. a certain Thujone level is legal now. Okay. Yeah, uh, which is pretty much... And that high level is pretty hard to even get to anyway because mo- it's actually been bred out of Wormwood in the wild. Okay. And so there's botanists trying to fix that. Like, like you can't get the levels that Absinthe had in yeah. like the yeah. 1800s. Exactly. It's just it's I, been bred honestly, out. Honestly, I don't think you would want to. I don't. It, I feel like it would taste terrible. I'll try anything once. It does get you a very noticeably happy kind of drunk. <laughs> Got so it. there's at least that. Should um, it get you happy drunk? Yeah. 
Now, Johnny, before we before we swing into our thing, uh, I have a question. I'm I'm not seeing the glory hole. I'm, yeah, I, I have my doubts as to. I've been looking for the this. handshake glory hole. No, no. Oh no, no. I'm last not, year, this or last well, two hope, years ago, two years ago, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Last time. There was definitely a glory hole in this. Group. Is it? Is it right there? No. No. So it got we, removed. Actually, we had okay. some uh, individuals who weren't who weren't pleased with its presence. <laughs> I see. Um, so, like, we had we repurposed it into just a general uh, liquor delivery hole. Okay. All right. And, uh, liquor delivery. This year, hole. we just we opted to not have one. I at see. All. Just avoid the scandal altogether. Yeah. It's probably a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, like, I'm a fan of people yelling on the air about stuff. Like, that's all we do here. But, <laughs> right. Um, right. That was. There was a consensus, and we decided no glory hole this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it was a staple of the Radio Statler booth. It. It did. It was something I was looking forward to. You. You notice the weird. There's a an 87 percent reduction in penises on the walls this year. Yeah. yeah. So. You know. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I was really looking forward to seeing the glory hole wall. Yeah. So. That's true. But you know what? it's it, fine. If you wanted to, like, uh, militantly create one in the middle of the night, <laughs> gorilla glory hole installation or something. I mean, he's saying he ain't going to snitch. Um, I, well, I wouldn't know who did it because I wouldn't be here. That's true. Was, and and we, it would be us. Why would it be us? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. No, yeah. Who does that? Clearly. No. Who, who, does, who does that? Exactly. That's right. Why would you well, do people that? people who want to see a glory hole restored to its former glory, Peyton. I mean, if it if it mysteriously appears, we can revel in its glory, right? If that's well, what you call what you do I to would it, revel. I mean, <laughs> there sure would I be would revelry. I would totally be revelry. revelry. Yeah, I'd yeah. be very happy. All right. Yeah. All right. We, yeah. we should go on that note. I'll hand the show over to the Citizen Administrative Podcast Kids. Yeah. So, so Brent, I'll let you intro us, and then I can talk a little bit about the topic. Uh, Johnny, for what it's worth, you should just chime in if you feel like you want to. Yeah. We're talking a little bit about operations shit. Glory holes. And and you do have some experience with that. Uh, Glory holes, notwithstanding. Yeah. No, I have a lot of. You're the one with extensive. Right, strong Jason has the strong working knowledge, knowledge of glory, of glory holes. holes. What was that? That's season, correct. season two shit show. Season one shit. Season one shit show. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, so this is System of Trivia. Welcome back. I I don't really have a normal sounding intro for this because we don't we're not balancing this ourselves obviously, and we're not uh, we're not doing the intro music. Yeah. So it, it feels a little weird. Do you have it on your phone? You just throw it on the mic. No, I I, I do different intro music every time. Oh, okay. So. So it feels a little odd to me, but uh. we have this great background noise too, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. I really love that it makes you it makes the listeners really understand like we're at a conference. Oh we yeah, are yeah, yeah, In the middle true. of like a crowded <clears throat> conference is, on the busiest day, with people you, screaming and writing segways. Do we everywhere. have a headcount for this year yet? Oh, I don't. I okay. uh, I don't personally. Let me see if I can ping one up. But uh, yeah, if, if not, don't worry about it. But, I'm um, guessing probably this year 2300 based on recent previous trends yeah yeah uh so it's it's growing it's it's getting bigger every year um i feel like the the crowd control was better this year though yeah well it's a bigger venue from what i understand no it's the same venue no i mean the the space they have is is bigger this year than in years past i mean that's what the twitter the tweet said i i think they added what was it richard um i think they added one but 
but yeah. the, the rooms are the same on, on the 18th floor. Are they? Floor. Okay, all right. Yeah. We didn't, no, we didn't add a room. Um, we moved a room okay. downstairs. That's probably right. And yeah. so the, yeah. the large room upstairs used to be a large room and then a tiny room in the back of it. We yeah. just pulled that wall back in okay. to make the large room even larger. And then we made the tiny room That's larger right. by moving yeah, yeah, it downstairs. Yeah. So, yeah, we're actually on two floors this year, which is weird in its own right. Yeah. The downstairs room is really freaking cool. I haven't, in, I haven't even looked down there. It's oh. actually really hot, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the bowels of the hotel. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. in the back hallways where, like, people don't go. It's like, because there's nothing back there. Except yeah, we yeah. said, hey, can we use one of these rooms? And they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> sure. Ahead. We'll have to get the whole out first, yeah. but, you know, it's but, fine. Yeah, but those bowels are really cool to run around in. The hotel doesn't care, too. They they love that we love the, the back alleys so cool. much. So Yeah, I mean, we've... we've Almost like like I don't want to put too much faith into hope, but like it's pretty much kept kept Hotel Pennsylvania afloat at certain points, you know. So I'm sure they're grateful for us. Um, there there have been several times where, you know, it was there was big talk of it being yeah. As as a noted hope historian, yes. uh, <laughs> there um, one of my favorite things that the the hotel has done in in our favor was mm-hmm. uh, that we were here the same year as the Republican National Convention. Who was at Madison Square Garden, you know, block away, and obviously many of them stayed here. Mm-hmm. The poor bastards. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think I remember hear, reading about that one. That was they wrote a letter. The general manager of the Hotel Pennsylvania wrote a letter to Twenty Six Hundred Magazine, which was published in the magazine, mm-hmm. um, stating directly that we were a much more well-behaved and respectful group than the Republican National Convention. <laughs> we, That's a group of hackers who have devoted our lives to causing chaos, troublesome activities. Sure, yeah. Things that make you go, hmm, yeah. at least. Where they would rather have us in the hotel than the Republican yeah. National yeah. Convention. That's nuts. Possibly the most conservative group in America. <laughs> That's nuts. I, well, I feel part of that is you don't Hackers, anyways, at least understand you don't shit where you eat. Well, you know, we have to make that announcement every year at the opening ceremonies. Like, hey, please don't True. fuck with the hotel. They're yeah. very good to us. Let's yeah, they be are. good to them in return. There's, and there's, there's the largest city in the country out there for you to go fuck with. Do it there. Don't, yeah. please yeah. don't fuck. And you know what? Every year there's somebody who does something that crosses a line and they're dealt with. And mm. um, we let a lot of stuff slide. The hotel lets a lot of stuff slide. The hotel takes a lot of precautions. They shut yeah. off all the self-check-in kiosks, things like that. Like they, I, they I know what they're doing. It's a smart thing to yeah. do. Yeah. And they're still, <laughs> they train their staff on who's coming here and what kind of people we are. And the staff's very respectful and they love that mm-hmm. we're here. Yeah. And so we take care of the hotel. Hotel takes care of us. Um, there was the year of the last hope when the hotel was going to close. Yeah. And I remember that. 2600 crew had looked and looked and looked all over, had looked into New Jersey, trying to find a new venue. And there was absolutely no one who could give us the deal that... Uh, Hotel Pennsylvania gives us, and so Emmanuel and Twenty Six Hundred had announced that, like, if since the Hotel Pennsylvania is being torn down, Hope will have to cease to exist because they refused to charge three hundred dollars a badge for attendees. Yeah, so we're, that's that's yeah. Un, that's yeah, that, that's unconscionable. We cannot do that. We're just going to have to close down. And then, lo and behold, Hotel got uh, historical monument status and mm-hmm. is now safe and preserved for the time being. And here we are. So yep. the last hope was not a scam to get people to show up. <laughs> they really did think it was going to be uh, no, as I, they were going was, into it. They, I, bef- I vividly remember very reading about that. About yeah. that. They were, it was like, we have really bad news. The hotel is going to get torn down. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I was like, holy crap, I'm never going to get to go to this. Yeah. And then here I am. What was that? Uh, Ten years ago, more, a little bit more than that. Gosh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And, it was exactly ten this years is my ago. First hope and at the hotel in Pennsylvania. It's great. Awesome. With what might be a record-breaking crowd. So yeah, yeah we'll There's see. There's a lot of people here. There you go. All right. Well, anyway, I, yeah. I feel like I've been I've been pulling us off on. on I'm going to be like typical Jathan. We got to get back on topic. Right. Are you going to tell us that it's a going to be a short episode this time? No. <laughs> but now that it's it's been burned into my brain, <laughs> we're probably going to go over. Nah, okay. I'm the one that said it. So okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so we wanted to talk. We didn't know what the fuck we were going to talk about at first. Yeah, right. We were just like, we want to be on the radio, but we don't really have good ideas. Well, we were invited on the beaches, and I was like, well, I, I don't have anything to talk about this time. You know, we, I felt I like, like we had a good time. Voice. Voice. Well, yeah. I just wanted to be here. Okay. All right. Calm down. You need to clamp. Um, so, you know, we were we hashed it out, and then like yesterday. Yesterday? It was pretty much yesterday. Yeah. We was, came up with the title before we actually knew what the hell the title meant. That's true. So <laughs> I just thought of, like, Hack Ops. That's got to be a thing, right? Yeah, it's not, sure. by the way. But uh, we're making it. I feel thing. like all ops is Hack Ops. In a way, yeah. And that's that's kind of what we're going to have. <clears throat> so, yeah, we, we, we're making it a thing. We're, we're co-opting the word. We're making it a thing. Um, <laughs> Sure. Sure. We have notes that we're looking yeah, at. Thank you. Because yeah. Because we came we, up we with this. We normally have notes. And normally when we record our podcast, you know, like a normal episode, I have them right in front of me. Yeah. But I don't this time. So this is... Okay. Because you forgot your power brick for your laptop. Yes. I did do that. That's true. Onward and upwards. <clears throat> thank you. Don't mind me. Um, so we are a podcast centered around system administration and systems engineering. If anyone who's listened to us before is familiar with us, you would know that very well. Um, but we don't really... This isn't our scene per se, and I know Johnny's kind of has something to say about it. He usually has stuff, stuff to say about something. But, no, it's, it's not our scene at the end of the day, and we're okay with that. We like coming here to see the people. We like learning. We like the hacker culture. But at the end of the day, we're not strictly... I, th- I think the only way you can call it not your scene is if you actively keep yourself out of it. Okay. Well, it's not yeah. that we're not a part of it or anything. It's just like uh, most of the topics here are not actually pertinent to what we do or enjoy doing. There's a distinct sure. schism. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. that schism, and I, I enjoy being there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 there, and there's nothing we can do about it, and that's fine uh, because we're operations. We're not, you know, we're not penisters. We're not. Security and defense people. We're not. We're. we're, we're we keep the lights on, so to speak. We're the first line in the implementation, <clears throat> right. basically. Um, but if we're you, not. It's, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I mean, I couldn't go. Go ahead. Well, just if you look at what it actually means to hack, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's 2018 and no weird things are happening. No, I'm not letting the news co-opt the meaning. Well, I'm just saying, people use the word hack like, oh, there was a data breach oh, and all these people oh, got hacked. A hacker? I oh. personally tend to use the word like... Oh, hacked in, as in the adjective? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but what does it really mean to hack? Like, what is a hacker? So I'm going to go back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that guy. I'm going to go back to the jargon file. And the jargon file, which is a, a, basically a, a dictionary and glossary and so on and so forth, maintained since like the 70s, yep. right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> the jargon file 
talks about the, the definition of hacking, and it refers to finding a creative way around a problem, making stuff do what it wasn't designed to do, things like that. That is, that is the heart of what I consider to be hacking. Yeah. Well, and sure, sometimes vulnerabilities fall into that. Yeah. But it doesn't have to. Right? Well, from what I have taken from hacking, it's finding information and, and distilling the information out, making it available to everyone. Cracking is the method of going and defacing pet websites and things like that. So when you say that you're well, hacking... Compromi- some- I would say that's compromising and, and sure. more than anything. But, but, yeah, no, 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 but hacking itself is there's information I want to release to the world, I'm going to find it and get it out there. Versus, like, I, I, I want your bank account numbers. I, I would say even well, that's Yeah, but I would say it's more just driven <clears> around, <throat> like, self-curiousness I, I think than anything. For me, the word tinkering but comes to mind. T- Tinker, yeah. Tinker's yeah. a good word for it, Tinker, too. Sure. Absolutely. So, anyway, we're going to roll with that definition. You know, hackers are tinkerers, and they like to fuck with things in ways that they're not necessarily designed to fuck with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm down and, with And so, for us... Yes, we're systems administrators, and especially Brent. He's like an 85-year-old man most of the time. Yeah. He is the biggest curmudgeon I've ever... What is he the rest of the time? Sleeping. Yeah. (laughs) Curmudgeon. Like an 85-year-old man. I have to call him before we record. Like, hey, man, you need to get up. Join us. Okay, all right, I'm up. (laughs) So what can we as ops people learn from hacker culture? What can we take away from that, and how can we apply it to what we actually do? I think the big part and, is... And we're now calling that hack ops, by the way. Hack ops. Hack ops. It's, it's the, not dev ops. Taking a, hack, a, a hacker's approach towards to operations. Yes. Yeah. And um, so uh, we have a couple of notes here, as we stated. I think the first thing that we all sort of agreed on, uh, you know, there's a lot of people here, especially you look at people doing, like, uh, biohacking, which I'm not getting into how I feel about that personally. But, uh, we have on the show before. Yes. Yeah. I, it makes yeah. me angry. <laughs> it's, it's a favorite topic of mine. It's a divisive topic. If there's an extra is. segment yeah. later, we could probably talk about it. You, sure. you can talk about it. You're I, get, I get mad. I'll let you. Anyway, we're, we're probably on the same off. side of the topic, it I sounds so. like, though, so that yeah. would be very boring. Or you can just scream at the microphone. Yeah, it would just be <laughs> proselytizing. I, I'll play devil's advocate for you. <laughs> so, um, I'll be napping. You think you're better than God? <laughs> so, yes. Uh, biohackers, in particular, I bring them up as an example because they're using all kinds of interesting tools. It's <laughs> pretty funny. It's the speakers out there. Uh, they're using all kinds of tools that are meant for commercial lab settings and for doing very specific procedures and medical things, and they're just kind of fucking around with it and injecting themselves with weird cells and stuff. Um, that's a very loose definition of biohacking as well. But um, That's also how reproduction works. That's... That's true. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> is re- You're not wrong. Is You're not sex wrong. biohack. But but in the case of biohackers who are using you know 3D printing and stuff to come up with lab grade sort of equipment to mix solutions and stuff like that. That's where I was going with all this. Um, sometimes a working solution is an okay solution. If you don't have ten thousand dollars to spend on some kind of appliance that you need to mix two liquids together. But you can make your own because you have a 3D printer and it costs you sub $500. I think that's an okay solution, even if you're using it for asinine things. So, uh, Or more accurately, if you've got two dead-ass... I mean, not dead, obviously, but like two really old switches, dumb switches. Yeah, I was going to say, how do we and transition instead of now? VLANing and buying a new switch, it's, I think it's totally fine to just use the two switches. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Sure. So, so I'm on the, on the gateway. But but in any case, what what is an actual example in ops where 
sometimes a working solution is an okay solution. That isn't your dumb switch example, because nobody even does networking anymore. The internet is just ubiquitous, and it's everywhere, and you don't have to do anything. No, I, I feel like you, you have a vast misunderstanding of the amount of work. There is literally a team of knock engineers next door, Jathan. There is. There's not a there hole. Is. I can't see them. I don't believe it. <laughs> oh, that's you, you, you know what? I can wouldn't take care of that for you really fast. I mean, uh, I wouldn't do that right Wouldn't now. it be glorious uh, if there was a hole? <laughs> <laughs> it would be pretty glorious. And you wouldn't know which knock engineer was on the other side. You could imagine. <laughs> you could just stick your mouth It's your time in the box. There. And like, hey. Yeah, you just run your cable I through the hole. I need here. Can you... <laughs> So, so, okay, you're doing some kind of turnkey deployment. Uh, yeah. Maybe you're building some kind of uh, clustered infrastructure or a distributed service or something. Sure. Uh, I assume you're using Pixie and Kickstart or something like that, or perhaps you're using a configuration management tool. Uh, but there's a single node that doesn't build properly. You don't end up with a working product. So out of 50 machines, one doesn't work. Yeah. I would argue that's an okay time to employ some kind of hack ops techniques to get it up and running, assimilate it into yep. your infrastructure. Um, but, so where do you draw the line? When is it okay to, to hack op something? And when do you have to properly op something? Well, that's, no. I mean, like, I think that's a really complex question, right? I, that's what we're here for. I, I we're doing science. Answers, though. So, like... Look at it this way: like, how important is this piece of machinery to your your? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like some kind of corporate buzz like shill here. Um, how important it is to your mission, right? Like, is this your box mission replaceable in, in functionality? Is there no other drop-in replacement you can employ? So, I actually had something happen uh, at work recently where I was visited by. A, uh, a, a former manager yeah. who moved to a different department and one of his the people under him and they had an appliance that was low on hard drive space root was full yeah and I had to hack away at root to create some space so that they could continue operating the appliance it wasn't on LVM so and I couldn't expand the disk because it was an appliance and we had no actual like controls over it I'm not sure if that classifies. That's I'm my sure definition of hacking into things. Well, what, <laughs> so what would have been... So if we're considering a hack to be like a non-standard yeah, method, right. like against best practices, but that's what you had to do, what yeah. would be the standard method of dealing with that? If, if what you described is the hack, so what standard else method, could have been done? I would say it would be to grow the file system either with another disk. But you said that wasn't possible. Right. So uh, you could, you know... Drop the system, add another disk, put it back up again, and then you know. I feel like a hack. Put root on there, or mounting a virtual file file system from the host. I feel like that's that, that's definitely hacky. That's yeah. Sure. Hacky. Like hooking sure. up but a USB not, drive yeah, and like yeah, expanding yeah, yeah. the volume. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That's, that's kind <laughs> that's, of. That's that's a lot more hacky than what I did. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, standard practice would be to you know just add more disk to it if you can. Well, yeah, sure. once, a, once upon a time, it, it was standard practice to actually just yeah. delete junk data. Yeah. So, so uh, I think I could give you another good example of something yeah. I recently did that I would definitely consider hack ops. So, okay. uh, first, second week in June, I was running a hackathon as part of something called Rocky Mountain Genomics HackCon, which was like a week-long conference. You talk so quietly. 
You need, yeah, you need to speak up. I don't. I don't think I'm that quiet. He's you're, he's got the crap mic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm not even on the earphones. I'm just oh yeah. yeah. So so um yeah. so anyway, uh, I was using Amazon. Resources no, we're gonna for focus on how quietly you talk <laughs> for five. Yeah, I was talking. Uh, Real, real yeah, now he's doing his ASMR bullshit. So uh, I was I was running Amazon Compute instances for this event for uh, Amazon Puke instances. Compute. Compute. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, that's, I can't that's still in so. private. Data. And uh, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I just needed them to work and have the software that the researchers I was supporting uh, at the time what they needed. Right. Uh, but I did need some consistency in terms of like I needed to be able to log into all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely at these events they tend to have a lot of sharing of data and whatnot so uh, I ended up writing this Python script that uh, essentially just checked into a list of shit on GitHub so it pulled a static file every five minutes was like are all of these packages installed <laughs> yes uh, don't do anything are all of these minutes. yeah every five minutes That's are all of hacky. these it's pretty hacky right are all of these users on the machine right now uh, yes okay so don't do anything uh, and then, on top of that, I didn't even want to manage passwords or keys for anybody, so I just found everybody's GitHub username ahead of time, and I pulled their pub keys from there to give them access to the machines. So during the event itself, I didn't have to manage keys for anybody. They could I just mean, add or remove from it, GitHub. That's pretty accurate. It works. Yeah, it was great. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. I was like, it, it yeah. was great. I, it's it's pretty hacky, but it worked for what I was doing, exactly. which was like well, a low of, yes, a low barrier of... Yeah. Uh, entry like it took me 20 minutes to set up uh-huh. it, it took less time than setting up puppet or ansible properly mm. it, it was like hacky so devops why, bullshit why why did you even need to do that in other words like i, I think all three of us and i'm sure johnny can i don't want to exclude him because he's he's on he's on operations work. i like turtles <laughs> I like turtles. I like turtles. He's done operations work before. So I have. He's definitely many years. Yes, he's definitely. And lots of hack ops. I've, like, I I worked for a company actually at, as uh, a systems engineer where literally 100 percent of the equipment was garbage picked. Yeah. Like from the trash. Because we that's were 100 hack ops. We were an IT asset recycling firm, and so it was like, oh, we, we nice. you need switches. <laughs> we got a whole rush. Johnny then try to, ma- to try to find a couple rear. of match. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I have to narrate my mo- my movements. Right, <laughs> this well, is good radio. <laughs> we right. run into the same problem very frequently because uh, <laughs> yeah. we're an audio only podcast. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so, so you were asking me what, why did I need to do that? What do you mean yeah, why? Like I, think I, I all I think all of us at this table agree it's necessary. It's always going to be necessary to some degree. The question is what what qualifies it. At what point do you do, do you stray from the the standard, you know, the SOP? For for me, it comes down to evaluating. Line. Like it, it, this was a three day event. There was no sensitive data involved. So if the Amazon instances somehow became compromised, like you you destroy it and spin up a new one because it's it's the cloud, which is magical. Yeah. Um, and it took me less time to write that functionality than to install Puppet and deploy it on all the nodes, which is what I normally use, like in my production environment, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it was just like, how can I get this done the most efficiently that I can? Because in this case, it's okay if it's just working if, and it's not actually the best solution that I could come up with. So I would say that if you're absolutely like in a mission-critical state where, you know, everything's on fire and you have to get everything back up again or into a at least tenuous state, by all means drop the SOP, do everything you can to get it back up again, mm-hmm. and then, then at that point you can resume your um, change management and, and things like that. 
you know. Well, and there are cases sure. that will never work, right? Like, well, I don't know why this isn't on the network, but it's a bunch of uh, you know personally identifiable information. But who cares? Wait, you know, you just turn the firewall off; wait, it'll be wait, okay. Wait, wait, you don't <laughs> that know what? No, hold on, that's hold not on. okay, Whoa. Hack Ops. Whoa. Whoa! First off, there's a machine on your network, and you don't know what it's for. No, 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 no. Yes, I don't know. Second of all, there's maybe there's a machine the on your network with a machine you don't know. It's Hack Ops. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, no. So the there's a line between hack ops no. and stupid. So the end goal of hack ops is the same as SOA. You still want a safe network. And right, safe right, right. I would say stupid is a qualifier. Like, it, yeah. like, like if, if you showed this to somebody else out of context, would they say, that's stupid? Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> they, then yes, that's hack ops. And that's hack ops. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it brings Not us sort of to, to our next point, though. Uh, <clears throat> we have a note here talking about cattles versus pets versus endangered animals. I'm so a little bit proud of come up, coming up with that, by the way. Yeah. Cattle aren't pets. Yes, right, that's, exactly. done. that's sort Next. of the point. Well, cattle <laughs> so, aren't pets, right? So what, uh, obviously the analogy, you know, cattle, we, we have a herd of cattle. We treat them all fairly similarly. Mm-hmm. There's usually many of them. Uh, pets, you might have one or two, but they're sort of one-offs, if you will. They're, they're less... Uh, generic than the cattle and then you have endangered animals like you have one of something that's sitting in the corner and it's probably half half pandas because humans are terrible um so why do we actually you're a cattle ranger right you've got you've got a cow it falls sick yeah you have a moo cow take that cow to the vet i mean i guess it all depends on how how large your herd probably actually i like beef cattle don't go to vets vets come to cattle that is also Generally true. speaking. Son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> Whatever. You get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> do you call a vet or do you just shoot the cow? Assuming you shoot the, the, the cow. Assuming you've got like... Well, is it a, which is more efficient? Is it a dairy is, cow or is it a... Is it a <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> My point being, right. you're, you're less prejudicial towards the cattle members. Because they're they're supposed to function as a group. Yeah. It's the, the bees in a beehive, right? Right. I have my high mentality sort of thing. Collectively is, is their worth, not individually. Right. A pet, it's individual individuality is its worth. Correct. It's uniqueness is its worth. You don't and, and as Johnny said, rightfully so, servers are cattle, not pets. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't want to have to treat your servers like some kind of like you don't you don't have to deal with it with kid gloves every fucking time. Right. You got to remember: yeah. is this the one that reboots on on like a, a five second delay? Is this the one that we can't patch? But you know? invariably, you're going to come across servers that have those quirks. Yes. I mean, I, I have some hardware servers that I know. When I bounce them, it's going to be at least ten minutes before they come back up. Right. And then I have and others that are like. Five-ish minutes, right? And so As the you size know. of your fleet grows. Right. It's I think it's an inv- invariable that you're going to bump into shit like this, right? Namely, I would say because of vendors. Vendors, yeah. outside vendors, are a terrible problem with this, right? Yeah, because they re- they like there's like okay, you can't patch this. We're not even going to give you creds into it, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> just, just let us do our thing. Or the ones that want you to give it domain admin. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> no. You, you, you shouldn't. But, but like hack ops is, is, is kind of necessary in that case, right? Because yeah. you've got this machine. You don't know when it's been patched. You can't patch it yourself. It is still mission critical. It is right. still required because, you know, obviously you have this vendor for a reason. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that no other, no other solution you found acceptable to, to replace it with, right? Right. So, 
Hack Ops is sort of the approach of saying, how can we still treat this cattle member? How, do, how can we still put a leash on this cattle member? You know, because obviously you still need to account for for the the way it's going to fall into a place. You want it. To, you want to treat it like a cat. Yeah, but you do have to end up treating it specially. I mean, you do have to separate because it from the, the herd. Context. Yeah. Right. So right. you do have to separate it from the herd. You do have to have the vet come out and look at that one particularly. Yeah. Maybe it, you know, going with the cattle versus servers. Maybe the the her, their hooves don't grow right, or the horns going into the head. I mean, to go back to a server, it's maybe it's got a finicky PSU that you have to like flip it twice before it actually like comes on okay. You know, whatever. Eventually, you're going to have to replace that. You're going to have to either shoot the cow or replace the server. And you know, well, that's usually when you would call the vendor. But my point right. is, you, you right. still need to make aberrant changes to your network to account for that. Correct. Yes. Strangeness in it. Yeah. But with cattle, shooting the cow, you still end up with a useful product. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Unless it has mad cow, can and we, then can we shoot yeah. the vendor? Is that I would love one? to. Can we? Please. Can Let me tell you about people jerky. <laughs> we have, I don't think we have time. <laughs> I mean, this will be an off the air. I mean, okay. okay. That's some. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so yeah. the whole point then, if I'm distilling this correctly, yes. Which probably tastes better than the other shit. Uh, we can use hack ops to make our infrastructure a little bit more like cattle and a little less like endangered animals and or pets. Is that yeah. the whole point here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the, yeah. this server that we can't replace is the endangered animal. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. That's that's the thing. It still requ- excuse me. It still requires that sort of unique treatment. Kid gloves, so to speak. Kid gloves, white glove, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, you don't want to treat it like a pet because that's still harmful to what you want to accomplish. You right. don't want to treat it like a right. vast wild. You're going to tag it, you're going to monitor it, and you're going to put it out in the wild, and every so often you're going to dart it and check it out and then put it back out again. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's... that's because otherwise, if you fuck with it too much, it's going to be like... I'm going to refuse to procreate, and you're going to have a situation like the giant pandas where, I, you know, they ain't making uh, more. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure the pandas You don't were, want it to make more, like though. That. Yeah, you don't want it to... Yeah, I don't want more yeah. sick cattle. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I mean... You want to protect it. You don't want to, you know... Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, also, I think pandas had a problem copulating uh, many, many years before they were ever on the end. Yes, that's very true. So it's just a... Actually, they're not on their endangered species list anymore. Is it a pressure thing? Like, why were they having issues with this? They Um, they would just prefer to eat and sleep. They're lazy. They've they've bred themselves into nothingness, and we refuse (laughs) to let that happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were they were trying to like, here, here's a beautiful panda for you to mate with, and he's like, eh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they they, they don't want it to happen. They're a metaphor for what's going on in Japan right now that's you know what that's a very yeah the, the birth rate true. in Japan is like way down isn't it yeah and it's because yeah. the kids are like why would I bother with risk the risk of a relationship that may end poorly when I have right. hentai mm. and pocky yeah I actually want <laughs> to say that the, the birth rate in the US is starting to creep down a little bit too it, always, it has been yeah 50 um, years like for, since in, before any of us were born yeah. in Britain they've actually just I want to say it was 2010. Did we talk about this? 2010 or so, 
that they actually just replaced the amount of people who were lost from World War II. Like, they've just now... Just got back up to that? To that level. They really? were at. Yeah. Yeah. So well, was, Is that good or bad? I don't know. I... That's... We have a lot of people on this earth right now, mm-hmm. honestly. We so. have... I mean, we're one of the least populated countries by available space. Second yeah. only to, like, what? Yeah, Australia? I mean, Midwest is, like, oh. empty... Yeah. Oh man! Um, a lot of the yeah. Southwest, and even so, like we still aren't like we still have to do weird things with food to make enough yeah. of it to right. feed just our people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we are making a surplus, but we're also paying farmers to not grow anything. Like it's like, hey, don't grow. That's kind of how China That's is a, too. China's huge, right? But mm-hmm. only only what like I think a sixth of it is actually inhabited. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, Densely inhabited. Yes, very well, densely. You guys have seen that circle where, what is it, 75% of the population or 95% of the population lives in that circle and then the rest is outside of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget, the, I forget the actual value, but it's some astronomical number lives in this circle and it's literally China and India. Oh, yeah, right. And you're like, yeah. holy crap. That's most you of know. the Earth lives there. Oh, okay, two yeah, and yeah, two billion, respectively. Or two, yeah. like, two billion and 1.9 billion each, like, yeah. respectively. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that is like, Holy crap. I don't know if you've ever been to China. Any I year. have not. A, a 25 million person city there is common. It, I mean, it's, it's big. It's big, but there's more than one, and there's cities that exceed that. Yeah. Um, you have no idea what that looks like. It's bananas. It's like, remember Final Fantasy VII? How the whole first disc just took place in this one city, and yeah. you thought yeah. the whole game was just going to be this city, and right. like that's yeah, that's what like that's what Shanghai is like. That's what mm. Beijing is like. Yeah. You can get in a car and you can drive at speed for an hour and a half and still be in the city. That's crazy. It and it and it's and it looks like Sim City because they just get these cookie cutter buildings. They go all right, this this fifty story condo. I need twenty of those in this in this plot of land, and then when those are like when those so are done like being built, they're problems. full. And they're like, all right, uh, twenty more next to them. Okay, and like you'll drive for two and a half hours and keep thinking you you keep seeing the same like yeah. set of twenty. You're, you're, oh, so you're, you're like, like in an old cartoon from the seventies? Yeah, where the background keeps repeating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you get to like the edges of the city where uh, there's tons of stuff being built and purchased that nobody lives in. Yeah. It's being mm. bought and purchased as investment because they're like, yeah, people li- need to live here eventually. But uh, because the construction companies know that, they're using the worst quality products possible to build uh. these housing. Build this housing. I've seen some of those buildings fall over. On yeah. The, it's like, holy crap. They're gorgeous to look at, but they're like museum models. It's like, please don't touch. Yeah. And this isn't meant to last. And so, like... Mm. By the time anyone ever needed to live there, the building is, is desolate and anybody who invests in that has lost money. And then there's also another scam where if you build a structure, and I, I don't remember exactly how this scam works, but if you build something and nobody buys it, the government gives you like a kickback for doing it, huh. for trying. Wow. And it, it's more intricate than, than that, but because of that, there's these uh, buildings they call nail houses. Uh, no, that's a different thing. I won't take up more time with that. But there's these buildings that are just... They're like frameworks of a building. It's like <laughs> cement floors, and then enough pillars to hold the floors up, and then stairs, and that's it. Like there's no walls, there's no root. Like it's it's just that, and it looks so like it looks like a burned out building. It's like the guts wow. of the yeah, building, yeah. Wow. and that's it. And that's all they built, and they collect their kickback from the uh-huh. government because like, look, I built a structure and nobody bought it. 
But yeah, so, they don't want to because there's, there's that nothing is, there. That is so hacky. <laughs> oh yeah, there's walls so much shit, of that, and I don't understand. Uh, who needs walls? Yeah, just give me a just, roof, just man. Live there. You know, and it's just like the the method of like inspection, like the amount of manpower that takes for what's going on there, like, and the amount of monitoring of you know watching the watchers that yeah, has to go yeah. on. Like it's yeah. so easy to bribe people there because like they're not being watched. It's it's a mess, and it's getting better. Slowly, mm. but it's a mess. Well, from what I understand, isn't China like heavily? There's a there's a very large disparity between urban and rural. Like there are people who are rural China who don't even have like realistically power or internet or. or, or, or oh yeah, yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I Mongolia like is like more, that. Uh, a lot of natives that still yeah. yeah. I think that's more of a cultural thing though. They tend to hold on to a a traditional way of life more closely. You mean they want to hold on to what they got? No. I don't. No, like, don't. Don't mean that. No, I mean like the, the you know, there are there are yeah, communities right. in, in uh, Mongolia and, and such. But I, I feel like they. I mean, first of all, it's it'd be expensive, relatively speaking, to for them to, to just uproot and and leave all they've known and try to adapt to city. Life, oh yeah, right? well, yeah. and actually, that's what's happening a lot still. Okay, um, that's that's where Beijing came from. Um, Beijing was a much smaller city until industry really started booming there. Uh, and the uh, need for all of the farming that was going on around Beijing stopped for that specific type of farming. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so they had no choice. Your choice was either starve to death because nobody's buying your crops anymore or move to Beijing and get a job in a factory right. or as a mm-hmm. construction worker or whatever. And so you've got this. So the city just exploded, but you've also got this weird thing going on where you've got a very undereducated populace. Um, mm. Being responsible for construction work and because and, they're the only people available to do it, and like you got to do it. And it's just, it's really yeah. weird because you've got a city which usually is more educated and more culturally aware, but yeah. that's not actually what's going on. Mm. And in fact, my experience has been like going out to the rural areas. Um, they're actually less xenophobic out there, which is oh, like yeah. the opposite of America. Like here, you go to the rural areas, and like if you don't look like them, you're probably yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dang foreigners, get off yeah, my lawn! Back the way you came. <laughs> yeah, go back uh, to where you came from, boy. Yeah, it's not racist because we're right. American. Um, and in China, like they're excited. Like you're the first white person they've seen, and holy crap, let's get the camera. This yeah, is, come meet my family. This is my wife. This is our her mother. This is our daughter. Mm. He's from America. And yeah. and all they want to do is sit with you and talk to you and ask you about what your life is like. Yeah. But then cool. in the city, like they they're they're angry that you bothered to even come to their country. Like, yeah. you, you, <laughs> right. Why yeah. are you here? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. So back to hack ops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we really only this have has like been a, China five, minutes trivia. Five minutes. Yeah. So. I'm also the, the Chinese ambassador to Hope. I don't know. <laughs> and Icelandic. Well, there you go. <laughs> but uh, I think really just to wrap up. Uh, yeah, it's kind of it. It's it's I yeah. I, I mean, want to stress that like it's totally valid sometimes, not as a habit, but sometimes to to take a really hacky approach to your operations. And you will yeah. learn through a through a career in operations, uh, of which I am much earlier in mine than you are. But uh, you will learn when it's okay to employ a hacky yeah. fix versus. Like, oh shit, I should just do it the right way. I'll be honest right now, I, I blatantly have a bias against the developers. I will give them whatever hacky turn up <laughs> I can. 
hecky well, turnip. Yeah, that's just turn up. like the Sorry. vegetable. No, turn, turn, turn <laughs> up. Not Let's N-I-P. start. You using got that. you got servers twerking <laughs> over there turnip, or what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> hecky turnip. A turnip is any turnip that's hacky. That's <laughs> I like it. I like it. I can get I can get you a turnip real quick. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, realistically, you know, your our job is reactionary and. Uh, proactive, yeah. you know, you're yeah. you're taking care of issues. You're trying to resolve them as they come in. We're, and, we're and fighting fires, and we're also well, you're you're also digging fire process. roads, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. you know, like you, it's not always reactionary. If you're always being reactionary, then everything you're gonna do is gonna be hacky, and at some point, your your infrastructure is just gonna collapse. Yeah. And so, if you're like preparing, and if you're digging those fire roads, and you're mm-hmm. prepping the water barrels, so to speak, eventually. A hacky solution is going to be a temporary solution. You say, "Oh fuck, this is fucked up. I got to fix this." Yeah. And you know, hey, this server is a hacky server. We need to replace it ASAP. Yeah. But it's up for now. We're in prod. We're good. Yeah. And then you just monitor. Well, and to run with that, uh, I think we all do hacky things sometimes, mm-hmm. especially with the intent of going back. Like, oh, I'm going to fix this in a week when I really have the time. Guilty. Yeah. Right. Guilty as We're all guilty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that's fine if you stick to that plan, but if you never go back and fix it, all of a sudden everything is hacked together, and you no longer have a job, and mm. everything's on yeah. fire. So. And nobody ever goes back and fixes it. And that's well, the one big of the question is, really who here of. Yeah. has set up a temporary solution that's still oh, yeah, being absolutely. used? <laughs> I, I can rattle some things off. Yeah. Because it happens. I mean, right. in the heat of the moment, something is broken, or you need something yesterday... So you just get it working, and you're like, okay, I'll add configuration management tools to yeah. this later, and I'll make sure that, you know... And then the five years later, you're like, oh, crap, that server's still on. <laughs> I think what makes hack-ups yeah. possible, yeah. Right? right? And knowing how to prioritize it. Yeah, sometimes you, you get to the next reboot because the power went out or something, and you're like, oh, fuck, that machine didn't come back because XYZ, like, that's shitty hack-ups, don't do that. <laughs> That's have, right. The CMOS is one of those in my house, yeah. <laughs> and I hate it, and I never fix it because yeah. oh, it's just in my house. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Except every time, like it reboots, it's like there's my evening gone. Re- like standing back up, everything manually that I did last time. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've. I think we've all for a while we've all been there. on the on the three X kernels. My router would do that. My Linux router. That seems like an important one. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, well, it would it would reboot, and then, um, I, like, I wouldn't lose BIOS settings. It would just, it would just wouldn't turn back on. So even if I did a reboot, I would have to... A reboot F! You'd have to go over manually power hit cycle the power it? button in the rack. Would it yeah. just hang during shutdown? Is that... Um, no, it would... It would halt. It would successfully halt the system, but it, it wouldn't actually trip the... Uh, wouldn't like send the, the ACPI the signal, signal yeah. or something. All right. Wouldn't send that. Weird. Super weird. Yeah, but a reboot dash F worked fine for it. So I, I don't know. weird. Go figure. The, the go figure. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's I think that's been good. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's Please. really all we had to talk about. Tweet at us and tell us your favorite hack up story. That's oh that's right. I need to I need to drop the the contact info. Um. Our website is sysadministrivia.com. I'm going to spell that. It's S-Y-S-A-D-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-V-I-A.com. Sysadmin. You do the spelling bee. <laughs> Sysadmin is, is trivia. trivia. But it's actually That's a portmanteau. Easy. Right, yeah. But, I, but every time I explain a portmanteau, people get confused by it. So I'm just going to leave it at what J- Johnny said. Um, our, our Twitter podcast... 
Or, or podcast Twitter. Yep, there is the phrase I'm looking for. Is at S Y S A D M underscore podcast. And that's because we could have used at system ministry, but Twitter doesn't let you have admin in your handle. No shit. That's correct. Yeah. Real bummer. Super bummer. I do have to say that I. Actually, really enjoyed recording with you guys in person. This was actually, I think, our first time doing this. And it was yeah, kind of cool. first, well, Javon and I did for season one. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. And you guys ago. were here last year. Yeah. Right. Well, not last year. Last, two last years. Time. But that was when that was when our season one was. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Oh, all right. That's, that's, really? that's your first season. Uh, well, well, no. Started no. at zero. We started at zero. Uh, edgy. Nerds. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> I tried to tell him to do season two as season one one, you know, to follow. Well, the, no, because well, no, that probably throws off like the podcast aggregators. Like when it you does. start getting, like, what does season zero it even does. do to them? They um, interpret it. Season zero, right. they they handle fine. Yeah. Okay, um, but like binary or, or hacks or something that yeah. would, that would. But if you do season one and then season, well, then you would do season oh one, right? <laughs> and then that would. And, and then, then 10, and then and eventually, then yeah. And then when you, <laughs> when it, when you go from 01 to 10, I think you're going to cause like a ton of CPU spikes <laughs> from everyone constantly making calls to find the in-between seasons. Right. You're going to like freak everyone's uh, aggregators out. Uh, I kind of want to start a different podcast just to to find different ways of breaking podcast clients. We could just call it like the semantic versioning podcast. <laughs> the notes sh- note should all be in hex. <laughs> there you go. The it's not your, my fault. Your aggregator's dumb. Podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just an idiot. And the the entire time it'll just be a test tone for every episode. Yeah. The entire I mean, purpose is to just is mess like with the metadata. A five minute test tone. Just that is the most like uppity sysadmin <laughs> podcast title I could think of. I would too, actually. That would well, be that's cool. a good way of finding out if your if your pocket like. If your podcast plan is broken, I guess. You know? Why don't you just use a different aggregator? Right. Well, Why are you using this? <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. <laughs> just Works use this fine. incredibly difficult CLI-based one. It works fine for me. Why don't you just <laughs> do that, Mom? Just use LXML and write a Python script to, Lua. to parse the... <laughs> yeah, Lua. I, uh, I learned Lua for the first time. Dude, before. it's coming back. It oh, is. my God. It is. It's Why? coming back. Why? And I, oh, it's it's a natural balance for Google pushing Go. <laughs> it yeah. is. All right, we're. I'm see, told we're done here. Thanks, Mom, everybody. Mom's giving us the wrap up signal. But uh, it was good. Being Thank here. you. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. This has been the System Minutes Trivia Podcast. Uh, I'm Johnny Christmas with Radio Settler signing off. Stick around. We are immediately switching over to Chelsea Manning's keynote at Hope Live. And Jathan, you still with us, bud? Yep. Okay. Haven't you haven't slit your wrists yet? <laughs> no, I've been thinking about it the whole time. But. <laughs> Can you not, please? Not not on air, okay? Yeah. Afterwards, <laughs> after we're no, done. No, no, not at all. I mean, not at all. I'm getting mixed signals here. I'll flip a coin. I'll flip a coin. Don't flip Should a coin. Not just do it. Just don't do it. It's fate, dude. It's fate. No, it's it's not. It's not okay. fate. Are you ready? No fate, but what you make to perform your duties for the baddie. This is this is like what episode is this? S three fourteen. You only have you. <laughs> you only have. Do we do baddies during the shit? Yes, show? we do. We, we have do? in the past, but they haven't really gone so well. Well, that's because you've been <laughs> no. drunk off your ass, which is coming even from you. Career. It's it's because we got a bunch of fucking numb nuts in the ch- in the recording channel. Right, exactly. Uh, that's that's why the the batting never goes well for the shit show. Anyways.
you only have eight more baddies t- to go, including this one. I already have all picked out. There. Shut up and let me do it. Brent baking his own ass off. Payton's taping dildos to the wall, and I'm going to talk about the baddie. In a story from Bleeping Computer, dated August 27th, 2018, an OCR software dev exposes 200,000 customer documents. Wait, a who, what, does what? An OCR software dev. Okay. Do you know what OCR is? Yes, I do know what OCR is. Okay, so... Uh, the, the intro is, a misconfigured MongoDB server belonging to Abby, an optical character recognition software developer, allowed public asset asses public asses to customer <laughs> files public asses? public access yeah public asses you know the access. asses for everybody the people's Ax- ass access oh, my, oh god. my god independent security researcher bob diachenko discovered the database on august 19th <laughs> hosted on the amazon web services cloud platform it was 142 gigs in size and allowed access without wow. any need to log in the sizable database included scanned documents of the sensitive kind, contracts, non-disclosure agreements, internal letters, and memos. Included were more than 200,000 files from Abbey customers who scanned the data and kept it at the ready in the cloud. Good job, guys. Some collection names like Document Recognition or Document XML hinted that database would... Oh, hinted that the database... That's not actually there. I added that the... Would be part of a data recognition company infrastructure. Uh, evidence that the database belonged to Abby came from another collection of documents that contained usernames under the form of corporate email addresses and encrypted passwords. Womp womp. Two days after Diachenko notified them, the security team disabled access to the information. Uh, the duration of the total exposure prior to him finding it is unclear, but I would assume it was probably been accessed, but who the hell knows. Anyway, I'm not going to go on to read the straight statement from Abby or anything else. I'm just going to go on to say, if you are a company who is accepting scanned fucking documents from people, probably make sure if that's literally the only thing you do. Like, I could take a picture of a document and secure it. So you probably could too, Abby. Can we make a moratorium against people using MongoDB? No, but we can make a moratorium against people putting things in fucking S3 buckets on the internet with no password can, on them. That seems like a good idea. Sure. Can we please sure, do that? Sure. Can we please sure, do that? That's, I think this that's is, more important I than MongoDB, honestly. I, no, I think this is... Here. Idiots using Mongo is a problem yes. here. Yes. Well, sure. Sure. But I, I feel like people have... <clears throat> We've now had, I think, no less than three baddies associated with a MongoDB breach. So let me ask you. In S3, I mean, most of them have been S3. So the, no, 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 no. Part of the problem is, no. from recollection, no. MongoDB installs without a password. I, okay, it just so, doesn't so listen on the way. That was going to be my question is, have you ever actually maintained an instance of MongoDB? Maintained is a strong word. I have well, turned up. so is public and ass, I have, but... <laughs> <laughs> I I have turned up and I have that ass prepared strong, <clears throat> strong, strong I have, ass. I have configured, but I would not say I have maintained one. No. Okay. Therefore, you have no authority with which to speak. <laughs> and that, I, no, ladies I and gentlemen, like- is how you shut down a public ass. No, no, it's no, it's not because listen, yeah, I guess I just call myself a public ass. Somebody uh, their fingers in that guy. (laughs) No, no, listen. All right. (laughs) Part of the problem is people are not securing these during the initial install. They're not setting that password. You're talking about the fingers or MongoDB? No, I'm talking about MongoDB. I'm talking about MongoDB. All right. My point is I did that when I set it up. Uh, Okay. So, all right. Well, I feel like I'm qualified to comment. There are plenty on of it. things, though, that you inst- Okay, there's plenty of things you install that by default are insecure. 
that doesn't mean it's a like if you install open ssh server on fucking ubuntu it automatically starts with the default settings i think that's pants on head but hey ubuntu does it i mean i just have to say i mean we have a whole community around uh using shodan to go and find uh unsecured ip cameras or uh you know alexas or what have you and snoop on the people that are there I, I think trying to get people to secure their MongoDB database is like the least of our problems right now. Kind of. I don't know. I think we should just disconnect the internet. Yes, there you go. <laughs> well, just the disconnect entire the entire internet. The whole thing. Just, 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 just unplug it. It's got to be like one switch somewhere that if you there do it, it'll just fuck it's everything. It's got to be. It's it's probably in in uh some technically. Third world I guess somewhere. that's <laughs> no. I guess, technically that's sort of BGP. I guess. If you fuck BGP, everything's everything's going down. You know, there's like there's like safeguards in place and stuff. So you know, yeah, yeah. you don't want to. Sure, sure. And according to, to Dan Kaminsky, if you <laughs> if you fuck DNS, the the internet will blow up. I'm I'm sure it would have some super severe you know effects. I'm not doubting that. But I don't I don't think the entire internet relies like, like it's it's a fact that TCP/IP switching alone let alone the entire stack, doesn't rely on DNS. I'm just going out on a limb to say that this is off-topic now. It, it, sure. <laughs> but my point He's is, Jason, fuck MongoDB. <laughs> no. That's where I'm getting okay. at. I, I mean, inherently I agree for other reasons, but I don't think you can blame MongoDB for stupid people. <clears throat> Do not no, conflate can, the two. I'd, I'd say Simply it's, it's stupid to... I agree with Jason on this, and I'm surprising myself with saying that. I definitely agree. You cannot... You know, the default install There's is lots stupid. of people who install stupid fucking software, but if you install stupid fucking software and then you actually like make it secure, then it's fine. Most of the time. Uh, sometimes. Once mm, in a while. It happened once. <laughs> it happened <laughs> once? Well, I think you're wrong, but I respect your right to disagree. Thank you for the first time ever respecting me in any capacity. <laughs> Wow. I don't respect you, just your right to disagree. I, I, okay, wow. I think that has been Sysadministrivia, right? Yes, sure. are we, I'm are we ready? dropping okay. the mic. <laughs> Get out of here, you public <laughs> anus. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. I'm Peyton. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> See you around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can we heckle you during? Because no more baddies next season. If you had a prosthetic, would you take it off before you had sex? Yes. Oh, yes, well, it depends. It depends what what the prosthetic was of. Not your penis, I'm assuming. No, obviously. Oh I don't even know if they make prosthetic penis. They do, but yes. like, what but... they definitely do, it's called a dildo and you tape it on. Okay, point made. <laughs> but... You strap it on. You don't tape it on, Jay. Tape, strap. <laughs> I don't think you've ever... I don't think anyone's ever taped it on. It's just like a big roll of duct tape to start, like, taping it around your leg and... Okay. I can be ready whenever you want me to be ready, okay? Let's Go. just ease into Let's this now. Let's do it. I'm, I'm baking my ass. All right.